What's up, boys, girls, dogs, horses? The gift that keeps on giving is back. Travel on Mockery with an extra episode. Joe, we've got a guest on today, haven't we? We've got a special guest on today, Lionel Sanders, whipping boy, Harry Clow. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Harry, um, I'm... I only know you as like Lionel Sanders, his training partner. Can you give us a little introduction into uh, who you are, how you got into triathlon and how you ended up being his mate? Before you say that though, Tom, I want to say, I was actually following you, Ari, before you even got into triathlon. I was one of your originals, mate. I was following you when you were doing with the athlete special in Bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been following you from the start, mate. I've followed your triathlon journey. I was following you when you were doing the running. You went to... Seattle, didn't you? And uh, we're doing some training there, making a music. real, a real Cheers. day one. You're the real day one. So I mean, you know real the whole. Day one, mate. I started from the first of your channel because originally you were just featuring on the athlete special, weren't you? And then you set up your own mate. I'm one of your one of your original fans. Man, that's really <laughs> that's really cool. Actually, that's really really cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so Skipper's seen the whole thing, but uh, I, I ran track in college, and uh, I was I, I really wanted to be a pro runner. That was like my my first love from you know that was the first endurance sport I got into when I was in high school uh and then I was running pretty well my uh, I was doing a fifth year and uh COVID canceled everything so they pretty much weren't they weren't giving out any contracts there were like three people who got who got signed to shoe contracts when was that in like 2020 sorry was that in like in, in 2020 like they were hardly giving out contracts because well, of COVID, March- so everyone well, the the way it works back. is is yeah, you you do your collegiate season, you try to run, you know, you you go all the way through the NCAA championships in June, and then the top maybe like twenty, thirty ish distance runners uh, get signed to shoe contracts. Or you I don't know, you find an agent, you negotiate. Um, and so I, I ran I ran seven fifty one for three k that winter. Uh, I was in really good shape. And, uh, and I was, so I was 17th, uh, on the 3k list, which like, you know, that, that would put me in a pretty good position for not like a, a huge contract, but I would have been signed to a team you know, I would have been able to live like, got like probably 30 K 40 K a year shoe contract kind of thing. Like I would have been a pro runner. Uh, but March, yeah. 2020, uh, everything gets canceled. And uh, I had a full-time job, like software engineering job offer, uh, on the table. So I took that, I withdrew from my grad program cause that shit was horrible. Um, I was just, I was not liking school. So mate, tell me about it. I winged it. I, I only really got into university because my dad said to me, if you want to carry on doing sport, you need to, uh, go to uni. <laughs> That's basically my parents at all of high school. Like I, I, I never did homework. I basically all high school, all college. I just didn't do homework. Like I was, I was, just didn't fuck with that shit. And uh, my, <laughs> my parents were like, you're going to you have to get good grades. Like, otherwise, how are you going to get into college? Like, you need to get into a good college. I was like, oh, I'm just going to run fast enough and they're going to let me in. Uh, and that's that's what happened, thankfully. So uh, not doing homework I, has really worked out for me. I never did homework and my results will uh, show that as well. Uh, look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you didn't do the homework. Basically, the only huh? contract during COVID you were getting was like a postcard from Lionel Sanders. Uh, not quite. That would have been nice, but but I didn't have enough clout to to get in with Lionel yet. So my buddy, the athlete special, um, this this guy Spencer, who like we've been racing against each other, been really good friends since high school. He had a YouTube channel with like fifty thousand subscribers. Had been a YouTuber like his entire collegiate career. Was kind of like a big name in collegiate running. 
And so he didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So we were like, fuck it, let's move out to Boulder, just have a good time, make YouTube videos. And so he gets signed by the Brooks Beasts in Seattle that summer. And they said I could go train with them. Uh, like I was, they weren't going to give me any money, but they gave me shoes and I could go to the practices and, and whatever. And my job, you know, is remote software engineering. So it's super flexible. So, uh, I pretty much would have lived like, you know, tried to keep chasing the pro, uh, the pro running contract when they started handing out contracts again. Uh, and then within like a couple weeks of getting to Seattle, I'm running in Brooks shoes. I get injured, which I, I don't necessarily blame the shoes, but, um, so I got injured pretty bad until I bought a, a, a Wahoo kicker because uh, I, I like wanted to stay fit. It was raining all the time. And initially, like I didn't I didn't care to make my own YouTube channel because like we were making videos all the time on Spencer's channel uh, and we were doing the same thing. Like we were working out together. So it made no sense for me to make videos. But then once I started biking, I was like, oh, I can just like make videos out, out on the porch doing like workouts on the trainer uh and uh put my own music behind them because it's always been a hobby making music so the channel the channel took off pretty quick uh skipper one of the early subscribers and uh yeah it took a really interesting turn from there uh we went to albuquerque for an altitude camp and uh my sister who was she had been struggling with opioid addiction was for, this when you were still doing running at that point like you were just oh, cycling for like cross like for cross training and yeah, uh, you're, I was, you're still in the running. You're still I was in. fully in, yeah, I was fully intent on, on trying to still be a pro runner. I was building up for a 5k. So we went to this altitude camp, uh, in a, and, uh, Before you go Jane, on about that in your head, like your mindset, when you're at this point, were you thinking I need to get a 5k in a certain time to have a chance to turn in pro? Like, were you thinking like sub 14 or like even quicker than that? Were you thinking like, where, where we Oh, at, for like, sure. Mentally? Sub 14. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I, I was still barely running that injury hadn't super subsided. I was running about 30 miles a week and I was biking like eight to 10. Uh, and I would do one like running workout. I would do a track workout and then, uh, the rest was all on the bike. Like I was doing lots of tempo threshold stuff on the bike. Uh, and you know, pretty like four or five hour rides on the weekend. And that was, that was how I was staying fit. But I, I, I was, I mean, I, I Did it keep you running in good shape then. Did it oh, hit the cycling? Did it like hold you run when you came back to run training properly? Did that was did you were you surprised where your running was at or was it like did it take a while? Well, to I get never back to I run? never came back to run training properly. Oh, you I never still, came back. I, still, I was never able to run more than probably thirty or thirty five miles in a week at that point. And uh, but so we were in Albuquerque. I'm building up for this five k. Initially, I was like, it's because the Brooks Beasts go to their altitude camp in Albuquerque. It's a it's at uh, five thousand feet. Um, and I was gonna train with them, but I couldn't. Every time I tried to start training with them. My injury would flare back up. So I decided, fuck it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm going to like just run 30 miles a week. Great question. And, uh, I've yeah. got, well, you say that. So when you were talking about the, uh, the Brooks beast that you're training at, so obviously all these guys are like contracted runners, aren't they? So yeah. Yeah. You, when you were in training, would they get, would there be a bit of an atmosphere if you were like better than them in training? Because obviously they must've been thinking like, fucking hell, like this guy is not even signed up to us. He's not got a contract. He's uh, seeming like he's running better and stronger than me. Would there be a bit of animosity sometimes in training? Because obviously they don't want to lose their spot to you, do they? But like the coach. No, well, it wouldn't have worked like that either. And so the good, what worked in my favor was for the most part, I mean, you know, Josh Kerr for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Third uh, place in the Olympics, 1500. Yeah. So bronze bronze medal, like this is at the beginning of, you know, that buildup. And then my former teammate, Henry Wynn, it was all 1500 runners. 
And I was like a very strength-based runner. So this was all in the fall when we were doing like long tempos and, and longer workouts, which like they were comparatively not as good at and I was really good at. So like there was there was no culture of... of so you all like, helped you know, each other. You were all teamwork. But you know, in triathlon, I think it would work the different uh, different because if you started doing well in, tri in triathlon and you were stronger than them at the tempos, they'd just kick you out the group and be like, he's too strong. Like he can you know see you later <laughs> like that's what I had experience that. no it wasn't like that at all but also i wasn't i wasn't a threat like you know it, it doesn't it doesn't matter like that in triathlon or in in track like if you if I, unless i run the time like nobody yeah. has to worry about about losing their spot so they were all i mean they were happy to just i think have somebody else showing up to practice they didn't really care if i was there or not well, yeah, for me it was just nice because it would just push you on there's another person to to work within the group but some triathletes they get funny mate they uh very, very self-conscious. They're self-conscious, yeah. right? There's some, there's some, there's the triathletes who are like, I'm good at, I'm good at everything. It pisses people off how good I am. It pisses the cyclists off how good I am at cycling and pisses the runners off how good I am at running. But then there's, there's the self-conscious triathletes who, who deep down, they know their shit at all three or they feel their shit at all three. Right. And so it's like, you can be one of those two. Yeah. They, they were, they didn't care. Like it was, they were fine to show up to practice and just, I, and I was never like, trying to pull a workout hero and show everyone how good I was. I, I kind of wanted to like show up and just be a, be a guy they liked having around. So I would just run the pace that we yeah, were supposed yeah. to run. I remember seeing so, that on the videos, what you did with Spencer, he'd be like, uh, run at this pace and stuff like that, you know, do the reps at this pace. It was like bang on, on the splits. Wasn't it? You know, you guys were like, uh, like the dream team for the, uh, for the reps. Um, it was good. It was good running with them. Yeah. So I, I remember seeing you. So after Albuquerque, you went back to like, you went up like near New York and you was at Connecticut or somewhere and you were like, no, so there's a, there, there's a lot in between there. So in Albuquerque, I had quit my job and, uh, just went full time YouTube biking running. Uh, that's what I was doing for the next like two months, trying to get fit for this 5k in, in uh, Austin, Texas. So I, I ran it. I ran fourteen oh six, which I wasn't. I wasn't like super happy with, but I, and I, I, more importantly, I lost the race by like point uh, half a second. Um, but that guy ended up fifth at the Olympic trials in the steeplechase later that summer. So I was. I, I didn't feel that bad about it. Like conditions wow. weren't super fast. But anyway, with it at, at some point in this time in in Albuquerque, uh, Talbot and and Lionel like found either had found before and but they messaged me on uh talbot messaged me on instagram basically inviting me to come train well, it's in totally random so you weren't even swimming at this point and they just messaged no you so i was swimming like twice a week once to twice a week uh so usa triathlon had like they found I, I don't know exactly how it happened but i was in contact with someone from usa triathlon like they're trying to get me to do draft legal and i was i was still like um i'm running but i'll you know i might as well do the extra cross training i can't run that much so I don't know. I was curious about triathlon, but the swimming was, uh, it was hard. It was COVID. It was hard to get a lane. Like it was hard to swim consistently. Um, and again, my heart was still sort of set on being a runner, but then I get invited to, to come to Tucson, presumably actually just to run. Like, I don't think they thought I was going to do triathlon, but I took that as an opportunity to, to start swimming and see if I was any good at it. So um, but there was this whole stretch from like March 20, I guess it was March, 2021, uh, through May that I was just doing, uh, run workouts with Lionel and, and like learning how to swim. What did you think of him for your, uh, obviously with the people you've trained with and your background in running, what did you think of him during the workouts and the running? What was your impressions? Cause obviously that would have been the first pro draft, like pro draft that you would have trained with, wouldn't it? So were you, uh, 
were you thinking at first when you went there, like, I'm going to stick it to him, this guy's probably not going to be too quick? Uh, and were you surprised or did you think, like, did you know much about him and did you think he's going to be really quick and, uh, like, he didn't live up to expectations? What, what did well, you think? No, I knew, I mean, I knew his reputation of, of like, just being a gritty a gritty it's guy. A he's gonna, like a pit bull, isn't he? You wouldn't want to be in a head-to-head oh, yeah. with, like, 3K to go, would you, in a race? Like, exactly. But but at the same time, I felt... To be like that with, isn't he? <laughs> I felt pretty good about my fitness. And in my mind, I was like, there's nothing this guy can do to, like, in a run workout. Like, I can, I can completely control this, and I'm going to show him how good of a runner I am. But at the same time, it was that same thing with Spencer, where I was like, give me a time to hit. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to... I'm not, I'm not just going to like try to big dick this workout. Like let's do the workout as planned and we can cut and it down at the end. If you want. At you by trying to pick the pace, you'll just junkyard dog him and uh, that'll be it. Put him uh, that happened. That happened, that happened a couple of times. That happened a couple of times where him and, and uh, you know, uh, Taylor Reed, another Canadian who was down yeah, there, yeah. they would try to like, they would try to uh, uh, bitch kick the last rep of the workout. And I was, <laughs> I was not having that. I was not having that. I'm always ready. I'm always ready to close in a 28 or a 29 for the last 200. Like always, if someone, I don't like to, but if someone tries to do that, you know, I, I got to show them what's good, but no, I was, I was excited. He, like he, uh, he would just sort of give me a time and, and, you know, we would try to descend down for most of the workouts. And, uh, I was really impressed with, with how he was hanging on. Right. Cause some, at the end of some of these workouts, I'd be running pretty hard and like, you could hear him visibly like, like grunting, like, you know, he was running hard, but, but he was hanging on. I was definitely very impressed with, uh, did, you know, in just a pure track I workout. Did the whole training then change for you when you were training with Lionel since he's been training with Michael? Because now all of a sudden they're training at like LT1 and that kind of stuff. So you're not probably doing then 28, 200s, LT3 kind of stuff anymore, are you? There's always no. a last rep. They've always got a spike. They've always spiced it up on the you, you only race at LT3. You know, train at LT1, <laughs> race at LT3. No, so it, it was, yeah, it was very different. Um, but before, you know, he didn't have a coach. I didn't have a coach. Well, I, I sort of did have a coach a little bit, but... Um, I was just doing whatever the the run workouts that he made up were. Like he, he was coaching himself and he kind of the day of, I was like, Hey, what are we doing today? And he's like, oh, I don't know. What do you think we should do? Like we'd literally just make up, make up an interval workout or a tempo or whatever it was. And it sounds was sounds like our training. <laughs> I was going to say that it's sounds, fun. It's that sounds, that sounds, I, that sounds just like someone I know. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, you know, in many ways I, I prefer it because I like, uh, I, I'm now self-coached again, sort of with the exception of, uh, you know, doing all the workouts with Lionel. But um, then, so I, I went to, to New Hampshire up in New England for the summer and fall. Uh, and I joined a group of, uh, mostly draft legal athletes to like the, the goal was to really, really like learn how to swim and, you know, get, get good swim technique. So I did that well, for, point, were you thinking you were going to go down the draft legal route or were you keeping your options open for both? If your swim picks up, you might go draft legal, but you know, you're just thinking, right. 7.3 is it is. Yeah. I would love to like be able to do draft legal one day. Like, but I don't want to go into a race. I know I'm going to get like shit out the back end. Like, if you're that, not up there in the swim, you're fucked, aren't you? You need, yeah, to be, like, you need to be there in the swim, don't you? So, uh, no, I, and I always knew that I was going to want to do Ironman. Like just the, uh, I like to, uh, I like to train, a lot i like to suffer you know and that's a, di a distance that for someone who's never done it uh someone who's outside the sport just seems so absurd it seems so yeah, ridiculous I, I think it's uh it always feels like that until, until you've done when you before you do your first one you just think it's crazy like the distance of it and you just you're always a bit like you never feel like you're really ready do you tom like before your first one because even the day before the race, if you start thinking about the distance, it's absolutely nuts. But in the race, you just need to like see it as, oh, it's like 
and 90k is like two by 45 and then another time two by 45 and like the marathon is just I four think laps it goes 10K. in the race because you've got all the yeah, support and you're quick. thinking about all the people around you the day flies by but before you do it you think uh god this is crazy but like it actually goes pretty quick like if i was thinking like you're doing 180k training ride in a marathon off it, i'd be thinking jesus this is going to be a long day but in the race it's gone Joe, yeah so, someone is like listening to ed sheeran in your background mate oh yeah that's uh that's uh that's laura that is it's always the same shit, Ari. Like literally, it's either the dogs, it's just neighbors, or or it's live now. Something. It's just ambiance. It's just ambiance. Why? Yeah, it's making Skipper chill. You know, you gotta, you, gotta, <laughs> you know, you train hard during the day and you recover at night to some Ed Sheeran and some barking. Ed Sheeran in the live lounge, it's, mate. Throwbacks, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, Ari, but, you know, no. we went back to Lionel. Am I right in thinking you did this? You were training for Indian Wells, seventy point three. You got you went and did that. Lionel was there, and then you end up getting chatting to him, I guess, because he was like thinking, "I need a training partner." You were there and thinking, and then did is that how it came about, or did it come about a bit before that? He it was before it was before then. So like we chatted at Indian Wells about it, but he he mentioned he's like, "Look, I've been doing this shit for a decade, and uh, you know, I want I want a training partner." So because I spoke to him in Chattanooga before that, before he raced that, and we were chatting to him, and he like I remember after the race. He was like out there and he was having a couple of drinks. And then he said, oh, I need to get some training partners. Everyone's training with other people and stuff like that. Do you train with anyone? So that must have, and then he must have been thinking of a lot of things. This is like end of September time. And then that must have been like when the bells started ringing in, I guess, in his head. Because it was Indian Wells in November. So during October, did he like... Send it was in up? It was in December. It was in early December. So, but it was November that he, uh, he first, uh, he messaged me. So, um, but yeah, so... It, it was kind of a no brainer for me. Like I had such a good time the the previous spring training with him. And I didn't really know what, what the setup was like uh, with McCall and how his coaching was, but it is, it is like crazy different. And, uh, and, and need to be worried in St. George. Do they need to be the other pros need to be worried? Like, is there big things coming? Are they going to get the shock of their life when, uh, when he turns up on that start line? Well, I think he, he's just got a sigh of relief that you're not going there. So uh, he'll be fine. I've seen his one. I've yeah. seen his sixty-eights off the bike. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean he's uh, he's definitely got a good. He's very much has an underdog attitude. Like he doesn't think that he's gonna win. You know, he's like, if Sam Long podiums in St George, he gets a bit of extra not, cash. That's, that's the cost. dumbest fucking hypothetical you've ever come up with. <laughs> Sam Long's not. <laughs> if he does, right. and he reaches out to you and he says, "Hey, Harry." I know you're living in uh, Oro Valley. Me and I'm in there as well. Do you fancy uh, coming over to me and uh, training with me, mate? You can stay at mine. I've got a spare room in my house. Like, what would would would, uh, would there potentially be uh, a swap sides? No, no, I don't know if I can handle it because you know <laughs> Lionel and Aaron are very like they're a fun they're a fun couple and they just kind of act like friends and like I don't walk in the house and someone's mounting the other. Like just in plain view and, and saying, "Hey, get a picture so we can fucking post this on Instagram." I literally, I can't. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I just, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Um, you know, it's head it's to tough. head. You Over just get line, jealous. Man. Sam Long or uh, Lionel? Who's your, who's your, who's your money on uh, there in St George? In St George? St George, yeah. Sam yeah. Long. I mean, Lionel's. obviously on the boss man. Obviously on the boss man. 
Um, <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't. I shouldn't get into it too much. I mean, you know, Sam. Sam is the. Uh, he's currently the king of Oro Valley. So. Uh, do you do a uh, lot of training with him then, because he swims at the same club as you guys, doesn't? No. Doesn't he? No, no. Uh, no, never. Uh, Lionel invites him to all our run workouts, but he never shows up. Oh, really? He never showed up to one. Yeah, it really? would be great to have. Uh, yeah, to have. I wouldn't even be here if Sam would show up to train with Lionel. I can't believe that. Like for me, it seems crazy because, like me and Tom, like he lives in the Hague. No other pro triathletes there. I don't think. Uh, I live in Norwich. No other pro triathletes. If I was living there and I had like, you know, Sam Long, Lionel Sanders, like Ben Hoffman, I'd be like absolutely crazy over the chance. You know, I'd be like, wow, like we need to train together because. If all those guys like actually trained together and did like quite a few of their sessions together, I mean, it's going to make you, you'd think it would take you to another level. It's why the running mm-hmm. sports, isn't it? You know, train together, isn't it? Because it makes it easier to hit the times, to do the sessions, you know, mentally it's a lot easier. It's more fun. Like, and you're going to be, it would give you great confidence. You know, if you were training with each other and then you, your training mate went and smashed a race, you'd be thinking, well, if I can keep up with him and he's killing it, then I must be in good form. Like I'm, I'm yeah, well, you know, it, it makes, it makes sense, but everyone, everyone's got a coach pretty much. Right. So what happens, what happens almost every single time in that situation is uh, either the schedules don't link up and whatever Sam or is like not doing a a hard run workout that day. And he's like, oh, sorry, I can't show up. You know, I got a big bike today or whatever it is. I got a a swim bike. Or even if for some reason it does line up, the sessions are too different and nobody wants to to switch around what they're doing because they both have sessions from their coaches. So, I mean, that's the uh, that's. Well, not necessarily the drawback, but that's probably the upside for uh, for you self coaching. You're going on training camps; you can literally like make it up. But yeah, I mean, think about it. Everybody's got a coach. Everyone thinks that what they're doing is the number one thing. So nobody wants to budge, right? Yeah, and um, that's a lot of the listeners might not know that you were training, obviously training with Lionel, doing a lot at the start, and then you got a bit of overtraining, didn't you? Because you were going to go and race like Oceanside and just. Uh, oh. The ended up in the K-hole. Exactly. Yeah, ended K-hole. up in the K-hole. Like, we yeah. were looking forward to that. We were thinking, like, it would have been, like, your best triathlon result to date, you know, if you were feeling fresh well, and, like, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so new to it. So, I was, like, yeah, the, I, I feel like whatever the next triathlon I do is probably going to be the best one uh, just yeah. from time in the sport. But, yeah, I got here and a month in. Well, here, what, what initially happened was, so I drove – I drove a 40 hour drive, 38 hour drive from uh, Connecticut to Arizona. And I like, I can't, I can't think about driving for Before as much as I can that, and training. Tell, yeah. tell them how many burritos you listen to. Cause I saw this video and this is crazy. Like, yeah. No, yeah. It's not, why, why is that so crazy? I think it's just good. Plan. I've never known. I had, 19, burritos. I had 19 burritos. It, yeah so my plan was to have like six burritos a day um except one of that so i bought it was like three six packs of tortillas except for whatever reason one of them had seven so it was 19 burritos i had like a, a cooler bag with ice packs and uh just put them in the fridge in the hotels where i stayed overnight um and uh yeah so i just i i don't like i don't like stopping for food uh, I just, I was very single-minded. I wanted to drive as far as I could each day and, uh, you know, just pissing in bottles when I had to only stopping for gas. Really? Shut so, up. Wow. Yeah, well, you must have like made some serious headway in that car. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, no, the first, uh, the first day was, so the second day I drove 10 hours, right? Cause I, all I had to make it was to Dallas cause I was staying with a friend in Dallas. So that was the shortest day. And then the other two, the first day was 14 and the, and the third day was 14. 
So I was, I literally just like woke up and was driving. I stopped for gas. I didn't have to stop for food because I had the burritos. I didn't have to stop to piss because I just pissed in a bottle. <laughs> and, uh, so you're driving along. You got you got your uh, willy out and the bottle and just literally while you were driving along the motorway, just going for it, put the tied the bottle up and that's it. Just crack on. I feel like that's going to be such a not foreign concept to any American listener, but uh but yeah is that uh, a popular thing then in america they're just like right we just got we just gotta make time here like stopping for the guy that just loses us too much i think so yeah like if if i think about if i think about highways in america it's literally just straight roads can't you just park up pee and go yeah but it it loses time tom that's like exactly always like that's 30 40 minutes it's like imagine it's like pissing on the bike right like yeah you could just that (laughs) you've already got that i man mindset like, yeah, literally. That's, I mean, that's I mean, that's imagine how quick your transition, your transitions are going to be so fast if that's what you're like in the car. Like, I dread to think how quick you are at putting your fit shoes on and stuff like that. My God. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that drive. translates. I've huh? done the drive from remote, 19 hour drive from mine to that. And that is like the journey from hell. And that's 19 hours, including the stops and stuff. Like, Jesus, like, and that was like. Well, did you see this? Did you see this? This is way before triathlon or starting a YouTube channel. When me and Spencer, me and the athlete special, drove to Boulder. Uh, initially, we were going to do it in two days. We were going to drive from Connecticut to Chicago and then Chicago to Boulder, which would have been, uh, it would have been like thirteen hours each day. And then the we were going to stay with our buddies, like aunt or something. And then they uh, they flaked at the like a couple days before. And so we were kind of joking around like, oh, we'll just do it all in one go. Like we just won't stop. It's 27 hours, 27 hours of driving. We'll just do it straight, like all, all through the night. And then none of, nobody like came up with a plan to stop somewhere overnight. And then literally like a couple hours into the drive, there were, there were two cars. It was me and Spencer and then three others. We we're like, oh, okay, we're racing to Boulder. So then we didn't want to stop. Uh, we just drove all night fueled by, uh, fueled by Red Bull. It was super unsafe, wow. but that was, uh, it was like 30 hours straight. Like we stopped to eat twice, um, oh just God. through the night, all, all the way into town. So by that, the way, well, that is crazy, but what's your, uh, what's your next race then? What have you got on the cards? So there, there, I mean, there's that PTO, the, uh, Olympic distance one in LA, which I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I might do it just to get a race in, but the Olympic distance swim, like the swim to bike run ratio is horrid. It's horrible. Yeah. Like you're the same amount down out of the water as a 70.3. And then you have less than half, you have less than half of the amount to, uh, to make it up. But I might do that just to get a race in. And then, uh, there's, uh, Eagle man in, in Maryland in like June 12th. But the big thing that I'm, I'm really building up for is placid. Really? Tom's sounding these out because Tom's had one YouTube battle against Scott Bayville at his last race. And uh, I'm hunting my next one. Yeah, he's hunting. He's <laughs> the battle of the influencers. Yeah, yeah dude, come, to, uh, come, to, come, to, come to Eagle, man. Okay, and come do Placid. <laughs> Lake Placid is a full one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so you're doing well. your first full one? Yeah, that's well, the, Tom, that's well that's, that's exactly, dude. No fucking bike packs. Strongman's race. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. So uh, that's, well, that's, that's maybe uh, the plan. I, I got no plans though. I'm just trying to get fit again. I'm just trying to get back into training. You know. Yeah. Same with Tom. He's coming over COVID. You're coming over with your overtraining as well. The coming out of the K hole. I can see the Iron Man war coming oh, shaping up. Okay, nicely. wait. So yeah. You got to get back in the in the K hole though. So I drove. <laughs> I drove forty hours, whatever it was, three days, just driving 
pissing in the car. Just, I just wanted to get to Tucson so bad because all I wanted to do was work out. It was like I had done like two weeks of training and then I had to stop. And it's really exciting. I'm like, oh, I'm going to train with Lionel Sanders, like do full-time setup. Like I can't wait to just get back to it. So I get there at like 8 p.m. And then the next morning we go swim and Justin, swim coach, you know, he's like, oh, he has a hard swim that day. I was feeling good. Yep, yep. And yep, yep. So I, I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck it, whatever. I, I feel good. I'll swim hard. And uh, and then we had a run workout that evening. I've never done a bike in between a hard swim and a hard run. But this is this is Norwegian style. So they do, uh, you know, the 90-minute bike in between. Or, well, I mean, they just triple pretty well every day. So take out the road bikes. And I'll, I'll – I was doing my easy rides at like a 200 watt average was like a pretty, pretty good endurance ride when I was outside. That's like how it was for me before. Uh, and so now I'm riding with Lionel and it's like 240 Watts, 250 Watts average for these rides. Uh, and I was like, fuck it. I can't, I can't push out now. Like I'm training with Lionel Sanders. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'll just suck wheel and do as few Watts as I can, but it still end up averaging like 230 Watts and then going uh, for 12 by one K off like a minute rest and uh it's pretty warm compared to where i came from but i was so excited to train i just destroyed myself and halfway through the workout i was clearly having a bad time i was like you know you could stop like you just drove here like and i was like no i'm doing the whole fucking workout uh, <laughs> that was that was uh that was day one and like i probably should have like eased into it a bit more but i was just so excited to train and we were talking about like you know oh lactate and this is how you use it and blah 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 um and so i i just like got right back into not back into training i was doing harder training than i'd ever done before because there was like a bit of freshness from it being early season excitement from training with lionel and doing this whole super scientific norwegian method which by the way is just it's the same as everything else but um I was firing on all cylinders for like four or five weeks. Like I, I was having some really good rides, uh, really good rides, really good runs. I was you know, swimming was coming along and all of a sudden I just started getting worse. Like uh, four or five weeks in a row, I would be, uh, I'd be doing a workout on the trainer and like I could barely push 300 Watts, which. How did it feel then when you started getting worse, did you feel tired or did you just feel the same, but it just started getting worse? It was like, that's, was, it kind of lured you in because you didn't feel any different initially kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I was so, I was so consistently tired. Like it started with, I was tired going into workouts, but then still able to, to put up good numbers. So oh, when I right. was tired, when I was tired, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, Oh, I, I, I've got really good fatigue resistance. Like, you know, it's my, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've had a couple months of triathlon under my belt. I can handle this. And, uh, and I, I came up with different like excuses with like, Oh, it's the, it's the trainer, like the trainer versus outside. It's robbing me of all these Watts and, and blah, blah, blah. Like I was, I was trying to justify why, like I couldn't push 300 Watts. And I was telling Lyle, I was like, my, I, like, I've been having such bad workouts the past couple of weeks. Like, what, what do you think I should do? And he's like, push the pedals harder. <laughs> he wasn't even, he didn't say push harder. He was, he said, just don't even, don't even look at power. So we started doing this thing where instead of doing like a 15 minuter, you turn on just the calories. Right. And so you push 300 really? calories. Right. And it's, that's out. Style, that, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. That's CrossFit style, isn't it? Is I guess. So he's like, don't, yeah, don't even look at the power. Just, just, but don't look at time. Don't look at power. Don't look at nothing. Just, just 
used like but didn't use the lactate to make sure it's the right intensity if if you're like if you feel so fucked and you just have these bad sessions or like back to back i would just take three days off and then see how like start over again and see how you feel we, we just like 20 watts down or something like that, 20, 30 watts. So you kind it of started, like, oh, it started more. 20 and then it was 30 and then it was 40. Yeah. It, I mean, it got worse every week. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I kept, I kept justifying it. And then I released a video. I like, well, I had this idea in my head. I don't know. Have you guys read the book? Once Hold a runner? on a sec. Could you keep up with him on the easy rides then? Cause what were the easy rides feeling like? Cause if the workouts are like that and he's riding like 250 watts on the easy rides, you must've been thinking flipping it. Like I'm literally going to, this is always the same pace what I was doing the efforts at like, or whatever. Uh, well then eventually, eventually it got to, uh, we, we were doing pretty well, everything on the trainer. So, I mean, I was also probably pushing that? the easy rides. Exactly. A bit too so he could take the lactate or something. Why was that? Uh, like nearly? I mean, a lot of it is just like, I don't know, safety line all just likes the, uh, the fact that there's no cars and it, it does, to all be right. fair, it takes a while. Like there's the path, but you can't really, you can't be going like 30 miles an hour on the path. You'll, you you'll like kill somebody else. Though. Huh? Do you like the trainer? Cause like, I, re- I, I do, do like, like the, the trainer. I, I mean, you, I oh, yeah. started on the trainer, you know, in Seattle, that was, that was yeah, my yeah. first, my, my first foray into cycling. So, but also it's just like, it's easier for, for TTing. There's no stoplights. Like, you know, it takes a a little bit of time to get out of town and just when you have like hard swim, hard bike, hard run or whatever it is, you got three sessions. Sometimes it just takes a while. I find it really, really tough to get, for example, a four to six hour quality ride in on a fucking trainer. Yeah. Four hours is about uh, four hours was was probably the most uh, that I did. And were you running well in between these? So when you were having these bad bike workouts, were you feeling okay on the run so you could like run well? No, well, it started with when I got there, you know, I come from a running background and, and I had started to really figure out how to run well on, on triathlon training uh, as the months went on. So initially, uh, the workouts just weren't, they weren't very hard. I didn't find them very hard. Like I was having a pretty, pretty easy time with, with all the LT1 and LT2 work. And then it started, I was able to do the workouts, but it was, it was hard to do them. And then, and then I wasn't even able to keep up with Lionel on these sessions, which was that's kind of when the alarm bell started ringing. All oh, right, and you ran up bloody Mount Lemon, didn't you, as well? One day, like you've done it again recently, haven't you? Like, yeah, that's like what was twenty five k or something? Was it something crazy? Uh, yeah, what is that? Twenty twenty six k or twenty four k? Whatever. It's a basic set to test if, if you're out of the k hole. If you can run up that base like <laughs> on a decent skate, you know you're out of it. Is yeah. it fun running up it? Do you just do it at a hard pace? Because like the piss speed looks pretty good. Considering we did no, well, hill. we did a session, so it was like the first bit was like we warmed up pretty easy, and then it was like two by six minutes, two by twelve minutes, two by six minutes, like all the way, and then we uh, uh, we go to this. It's called Windy Point. It's like fifteen miles up. It's a pretty good sort of benchmark to get up there because the whole thing is like. You could go thirty five k, I think, all the way you up. You know, Justin Metzler's copying you guys. I see what what training you do, and then like literally a couple of days later, it pops up on his Instagram. Like all all the training, what you guys do, he's like on it. He's well, we're copying the Norwegians. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's definitely copying the style all the time. You can guarantee you could easily lead him astray by just doing some, just saying that you did something totally random, and he'll be uh, he'll he'll you'll see it on his Instagram. There'll be a picture and he'll uh, say what he's doing and he's literally oh, copying it all. I'll keep that in mind. The big Mets. Oh, oh another YouTuber for you to scalp. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll be one of the uh, the later YouTubers. I'll try, I'll try to scout later on in my career. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Ari, what would you do in between sessions? So, for example, you had a pool session or a run session. You would go to back to uh, to his place. Like, what 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 would you, for example, eat? Would uh, Sa- uh, Sanders make you some nice scrambled eggs? And oh yeah, would you watch some Netflix. Like, how does it work? What no, do you guys I'm, do? Okay, does his missus cook the food for you? No, she cooks dinner. So uh, sometimes when I go, so I, I've got, I'm in a, I'm living alone in an apartment. It's pretty lonely over here. So um, the high, the highs of my week is when triathlon mockery uh, hosts a podcast and I get an hour just listening. <laughs> it's, it feels like I'm bantering with the boys, even though I'm just listening. To guys <laughs> back and forth. So, but uh, no, this, that's the other thing. And uh, uh, you know, we, we didn't do highs and lows, but I mean, my low is that I've been canceled by the vegans um really yeah pretty much yeah so i mean i was doing i was doing the plant-based thing for like a year uh over a year uh because i was i was looking for an edge you know and i had read that that it's yeah helps with inflammation like your inflammation goes stays down and when i started doing multiple disciplines it's like when you have animal products or product or whatever it's hard to digest you know between sessions um it was just i i felt like i was getting an edge basically um but uh, I guess I wasn't getting enough iron in. Probably wasn't even getting enough like calories in. Period. Uh, just the the nutritional deficits. So throughout this whole thing of putting myself in the K hole, uh, I uh, probably wasn't replenishing as as much as I needed to. So no, I wasn't wasn't eating eggs. I ate a lot of uh, pancakes. I have my own my pancake recipe called a strug cake. Um, but it's all it's all plant based. Um, God, a lot of, a lot of like potatoes, a lot of, a lot of the fake, uh, you know, like impossible beyond burgers, like that stuff. I had that for, oh, I like for dinner. Them. I think they're nice. Yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom hates on them. Tom hates uh, on them. No, I, I like them a lot. They're, they're tasty. They're, they're tasty. Yeah, I, I like them. Nice. But yeah. Would you, you know, would you then, so you, for example, you had a heart swim session. Sanders would go back to his place. You're going to eat your beyond meat burgers at your place, but you wouldn't, for example, hop on the couch, watch some Netflix or YouTube together, make a little bit of fun on, on uh, someone else's new YouTube video and then go and do a next session. How does it work? Oh, uh, you mean me and Lionel? Like we're hanging out? Yeah, he's like, he just basically wants to know, like, do you guys chill out? He's got these images I can imagine in his head of like, <laughs> both going back to Lionel's, chilling out on the couch, watching a bit of TV. Aaron's like, do you want a flat white boys? Like, I'll make you one and that. And you're sat there on the couch, like bandering <laughs> with each other. That's what he's basically thinking. Is it like that? Like, uh, no, that'd, that'd be fun. That'd probably be how it is if I, uh, if I went to be Sam Long's training partner. But, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> but then you'd have to take pictures of him hugging his girlfriend and stuff. And oh, oh, they're not just they're not just hugging guys they're you know his testosterone's pretty high they're doing more than hugging i tell you uh no 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 it's uh it's quite lonely that's apparently here. how he knows that he's uh training too hard you know if he can't it's get the, a boner then he knows he needs to cut he needs to knock the training down a bit uh, there's other ways to get a boner <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's that's a big sign of overtraining they reckon like if you, if can't, you can't if, yeah, if you would you? You too, 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 too fucked. Uh, Ari, so, so, um, uh, before the week starts, for example, on Sunday evening, would Lionel then send you his trading schedule for the week, and you'll and you'll be like, all right, so this was what we're doing on Monday, Tuesday, or is he just ringing you up in the morning and saying, hey, listen up, at first you need to clean the kitchen, and after that we're going to the track. How how's it going? Like, yeah, it's the second one. So he's I I keep the the <laughs> French maid outfit. Um, so, you know, whenever he makes a mess, I go over to his house and I clean it up and he watches me so he can recover before the session. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably why you were overtraining because he saw you were going well. He's on the run workouts. He's like, that boy's got too much energy. We'll get him around the house to do the dishes before we go. To yeah. The so I, what really happened is in between sessions, what you want to know is I'm not I'm not recovering watching Netflix. I'm I'm in my French maid outfit, getting whipped. <laughs> <laughs> so no uh uh the bromance uh only on on the after run workouts usually because like i'll go over to his house in the afternoon and we'll go drive to the track or run from his house whatever we're doing and then we go we hop in the hot tub and listen to some tunes or whatever and we just chat about training or shoot the shit and uh aaron's making us dinner and then uh oh, yeah living the dream tom isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> Not a single day that I've been training with Joe. He's put me in a hot top, mate. <laughs> I haven't got one, mate. I haven't got the budget like that. I can't I can't win 70 point freeze at will like Lionel Sanders, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> we need to get on a different training plan. <laughs> so I mean, you've got you've got Gustav Eden and Christian Blumerfeld. You've got the mozzarella and Joe Skipper, Reese Barkley and Lucy Lucy Charles, and Eric Clow and Lionel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> the great the great duos of triathlon. <laughs> could be a Netflix series. <laughs> well, I tell me, uh, that's, what that's what we're doing in St. George, you, right? Netflix series? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. We'll, we'll get to that later on. Would he message you at, at, at the start of the week and uh, sharing the schedule, what you're up facing for the rest of the week? Or yeah. is it just... No, pretty much, yeah. On Sunday, McCall puts puts the training in training peaks and he'll, he'll send, over, send over what he has. And do you ever look and, at it and think, cool, Wednesday looks a bit tasty, like seven hours. Cool, I'm not too sure. That's well, that's why I was in the K-hole is I, I would look at these workouts and and just, I don't know, like whatever, four, four case. Well, one example off the top of my head, we'd be like four four by one K, with, with this is yard. So it'd be like in meters, it'd be like four by 900 or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Like that's, that's a swim. And then four hour bike with like, three or three and a half hours of LT1. So basically you're like, you warm up and then you're Ironman. You're basically almost doing an Ironman bike and then 90 minute at Ironman pace off the bike. Right. So that was like a day. So like, I'd see that day and be like, Oh, I can't wait for this. Right. Cause I, I want to, I kind of want to see where I am, see where my endurance is, see where my fitness is. Like, am I going to be a good Ironman athlete? So I was, I was really excited when those sessions came up, but then the issue is you have that session and then the next day is like recovery but recovery is 4k swim hour bike hour run and then you basically do the, the same thing or similar two days later so Tom it, it was, call it. it's ridiculous i mean it, it was ridiculous uh and uh how, how do you think if you compare uh them sessions to the 12 by 1k off a minute rest what you've been doing earlier on in the year with now these some sort of long ironman sessions and lactate testing like what do you think of it well it's it's not that they're any harder it's just that the that like 12 by 1k off a minute rest turns into like seven times 2k off a minute rest uh but after a hard bike and a hard swim and then, but, but that also two days after like some crazy Ironman brick session. So the workouts themselves didn't really get any more intense. Like you don't really think of an hour or 90 minutes at Ironman pace as like crazy intense, but off the bike, mm -hmm. off an Ironman bike, off of basically an Ironman swim two days after a very similar, like 70.3 workout, it just all really starts to build up and if you're not recovering properly. The accumulation of constant training load, isn't it? You're over like five weeks or six weeks yeah. you know like cause i think but, the thing is once you start having like a day where you're tired 
and then you're still trying to carry on with the plan or whatever. It's just like you can never catch back up, can you, to like feeling good. And and none of the workouts were like were crazy. So even on these uh, on these bike workouts where like I'm on the trainer and I'm and my power just keeps getting worse, like I still wasn't pushing crazy hard. Right. I was taking a a couple of lactates throughout the session, making sure it was at the right intensity. And I'm like, well, like, you know, the the lactate says this is what it is. You know, I shouldn't be so focused on the power and like I got a, a, another run workout tomorrow or the next day. So I can't, I can't go over the edge. I just have to like eat this one today. Uh, so none of these sessions were like crazy. The random question or not, but going to them bike sessions, do they sometimes prescribe the intervals to you then like, with lactate and not the power so they say like just do it like up to 1.5 millimoles and whatever the power is the power is kind of thing or would it be like hit this watts take a lactate and see what the lactate is at the power or is it the lactate that determines the? no no it was never i mean it's just lt1 lt2 and there's a bit of wiggle room in there like you know the actual i mean you you've done some you've done a bunch of lactate testing so i mean it's it's probably it's it's (laughs) i'm sure it's exactly the same as what you're doing uh but for whatever reason, it it seems like super novel and scientific. Like it's just, it's it's kind of easy to tell where where LT one and LT two are if you do you know if you do a lactate test at the beginning of the season, right? And it's like so mine was somewhere in the range of two point five to two point eight. So I know I'm in the right range if that's where it is on the bike. Yeah. Someone else might be a little bit different. Could be a bit lower. Could be a bit higher. And now everyone's doing it. When you see. Um on like social media like literally like everyone's uh onto it now aren't they it's like they see what what, what works for a couple of people and all of a sudden everyone's like oh, on this yeah i felt like a bit like a bit of a chump you know like uh I, I post a video doing some lactate and then everyone's like oh everyone's doing lactate like it's some crazy thing but uh I, it, it was so it's cool it's really cool when you start doing it and then i, I started to get a little bit like i do i do uh a rep take a lactate and i'm like 3.1 millimole and i'm like oh god i gotta i gotta slow down like it wouldn't matter how i'm feeling like it only matters what number comes up on the on the lactate meter it completely rules the workout which is just not and the at the end way of the day it's just a guide isn't it you just want to use it as a guide it shouldn't be like oh i need to like slow down all of a sudden so much because especially like that amount when you go over a little bit it's like it's you might only be like two or three seconds you know it's not really going to make much difference is it yeah you, know? you just gotta you gotta go by how you feel like that's the number one exactly. thing is just that's what we just I, I just go by how i feel like and once you do them all the time you kind of get an idea don't you i mean like especially when you're experienced and you've been doing it for years yeah all right let's go uh let's go over to uh to saint george area okay. um i'll be there with pepe for the flocks you are a very famous youtuber um, an influencer lionel lionel's done all his prep so you're you're probably off the leash doing your own thing what you're doing in st george and what can we do in st george are you going to take each other on the beer mile that would be a good one. Oh, i haven't done a beer i haven't done a beer mile in a long time i actually haven't had a beer in a long time so it's uh we need to put that out to the followers who's going to win the beer mile like i think my, tom i hate to say it mate but i think my money's going to be on ari for that with no his, uh, well the head. thing i mean how if you if you uh well it's bo- bottles right we're doing bottles not can it's it's always bottles whatever you want you can do whatever you want all right like, but how so you take it you, you pop a bottle it. how fast can you chug it tom well, back in the days, I could pop a bottle pretty quick. Not back in the days. Just... I went to college too, Tom, right now. Yeah, he would touch. Put a straw yeah. in it because that helps the air get out quicker and you can down, you can neck it real fast. That's your tip, Tom. Make sure know, you a couple of seconds back in the days. Just a couple of seconds. It was gone. 
Yeah. Your only chance of beating him, Tom, you know, is if you can nail that beer. Like, because on the track, mate. His well, it's nailing beer. the beer and it's keeping it. You don't even have to run that. Far. I would reckon that if either of us broke six minutes, that would be that would be pretty very phenomenal. Quick. That would be very very quick. Yeah. So it's and at that point, it's it's all about the chugging, it, and it's not even about the first two chugs. It's about the third one and the fourth one. Because by the time you get to the fourth yeah. one, Rumor you're a little bit out of breath. That if you boys want a real target to beat, rumor has it that Will Clark, former British long distance pro, when he was at Loughborough Uni, did a, did the beer mile, four pints, so like a pint, then a lap, pint, then a lap, and he did it in five oh eight. Had the record apparently. Oh, five oh eight. No, no, come on. Okay, I mean that's 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 really good. We're not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> Corey, Corey Balmore, the the uh, the boy, yeah, he was training. He was training he with, with us with last year. Though? What do you, what do you with mean pints, with like a proper pint, like 550 oh. mils, not like a can, not like these like small American cans like we're on about the proper it's, uh, big old English pint. I guess I, I feel like I guess I don't know. Actually, I would like to say that that Corey, I Corey would be able to do pints in probably 445. Like it's not that much more. Like how much more is a pint than a 200 mils each one? 200 mils that's gonna take that would, that would literally take Corey oh, probably a second oh, extra. We, we could we could talk we could talk about this for hours and hours we just need to battle it out in all right st george all right so what i'm uh, gonna be doing though i'm gonna be i think i'm gonna be training yeah. pretty hard like I, I i got myself out of the k-hole i took i took a lot of rest i did nothing and then uh last week i sort of just like got some sessions back in just all easy uh no no real intensity and then this week i'm starting to bring a little bit of intensity back in and get the volume up so hopefully by by uh by St. George, I'll be able to to put in some pretty good sessions. Don't let him lead you astray, oh, Alex. Right. I can hear you're on the right tracks here and he's just trying to take you off track, trying hoping that you're not gonna do any training, that you're gonna be on like tourist mode, like you've got <laughs> Well we'll do days on and days off. One day we'll do some some crazy we'll, you know, go hard up snow canyon a couple of times and then the next day we can Exactly. I'll I was thinking what we could do, Eri. This sounds, I know you're going to love this one. So this is what we're going to do. St. George's one lap, isn't it? We're going to do a one lap TT and we're trying to beat the fastest time on race day for the pro males together. Oh, I'd love to But, but we can track. no draft zone. Like we can just, we can just switch off like a team time trial, like a true Yeah, team you can time do trial. a time trial. Yeah, like a team time trial. We're going to do that one. Then I'd say we're going to do sort of run courses two by 21 case, isn't it? Um, I want to give that one a crack at the Ironman pace of the fastest one. So that'd be something like free 38k pace, something like that. For me, it would be decent what? pace in a training week. Who's going 338ks for that on that course for yeah, the Ironman? Yeah, mate. No, well, no way. If it, I mean, what's the wait? So you want to do it? You want to do a marathon? You want to do two loops? You want to, you want to just you want to just try to actually beat the top times as training sessions? On a couple of different days. So I want to do on that. He oh. just wants to run a one sixteen half marathon, basically. <laughs> okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what really is that? That's, that's the target. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilly. I've like heard it's pretty. It's so, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty hilly. It's not going to be an easy uh, easy one. Ari needs to be. Ari needs to make sure he stays with me on the bike then, and I need to make sure I'll stay with him on the run. What's your swim one, Tom? Try and hold hundred meters at the pace that they do the swim at. <laughs> 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 Let, let's just do the swim as a warm-up every, yeah. every time, man, I, I, that's the thing that's the thing Ari. 
if you uh, if you enter an Ironman that I'm entering, probably the race will either get shortened in the swim or they'll get cancelled. Like literally, almost every Ironman I've done, yeah. they've shortened the swim or cancelled it. No, no, I don't think I don't think I'm ever gonna race outside of America. Like, n- not never, but I feel like, especially uh, just the last couple of weeks, seeing uh, Challenge Salu and then you guys in South Africa. Uh, there's no like. It's just a draft fest, and the swim always gets cancelled. If you race in Spain, it's a massive draft fest. But if you race in Germany, totally legit. It's everywhere. But you hear, like, in uh, in Australia, right, the Australians have been – they've just been doing their own thing for the whole pandemic. And uh, so Steve McKenna comes over. He races Oceanside. He gets he gets popped with a drafting penalty. Like, I saw the whole thing. He uh, he basically went right up to the guy in front of him around the corner, right, because he doesn't, he doesn't know any better. They, like, they don't think they're actually going to get called for a drafting penalty anywhere but the u.s so he doesn't and it's going uphill so he probably has to put down like 600 watts for like a minute to actually get past the front he has to pass like the whole group at that point uh and he can't do it so uh he just like he goes back and he gets a drafting penalty and he's after the race he's like if that like that would not have been an issue anywhere else yeah now america is i will definitely say America is the most legit racing on the calendar for fairness. You know, like if you're mm-hmm. go slightly too close, boom, draft penalty. But I like that because then you know where you stand and it's a lot more legit and you don't get these big packs. And like whenever I go and race in America, that's why I race this much. You don't have that paranoia of thinking, oh, will there be a massive group that like ends up drafting the shit out of each other and you haven't got a chance. You know, generally in America, you get like the fairest racing, whereas like you race in Spain, you can guarantee that there's going to be motorbikes that tow the front group off and everyone's going to be sat five metres behind each other. I don't even bother racing in Spain. But a good one for you, if you're good on hills and technical bits, would be Ironman UK, Ari. There's no, you don't have to worry about packs or anything in that. That course is absolutely brutal. If you're good on the technical bits, hard hilly run, perfect for someone like you who runs up Mount Lemon for fun. Like awesome. you've, you'd, you'd nail that or, one. Or Ironman Wales. Ironman Wales, that's a good one. Cracking race. And the good that, thing but. is... Harry Palmer is racing that one as well. So it could oh, be. Oh, the battle of the. YouTubers. I'll back myself on that one. Come and, and do maybe, it, Harry. You can stay here maybe. for a bit and we'll do some training together, you know, oh, just okay. get well, some vacation in the final. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. See, the boss, the boss will give me the time off. When is that? <laughs> and then maybe and we'll get like, Scott Bayville as well. Yeah, that's in September. Scott Bayville's even looking at that. Oh, that could, this could be the YouTube. Right. This could be the highlight of the YouTubers. Tell Lionel you want your holiday. Two weeks holiday in September, Lionel. You know. All right. I got. I got to get a passport first. I was supposed to go to Girona this summer, but uh, I still don't have my passport. The uh, U.S. State Department takes a real long time with that these days. So. What do you mean? What you're trying to? You they won't. They won't just give you a passport straight away. Like they. It takes like four months. So is Lionel going to Girona? Are you going solo? No, I'm not going. I'm at this point. I'm not going because I don't have a passport. If you got the passport, were you going solo? Or were you going with Lionel as well? Uh, I was going. I have a couple of buddies going there. All oh, right. So, you're, so you're getting holiday off, using all your holiday. Lionel's not going to know what to do with himself, is he? Yeah. So it's like I can go to Girona, or I can go, or I can go uh, Ironman UK. Ironman UK, horrible place, but if you want a tough, horrible race, that is a good one to do, and it's got decent prize money. You can get some dollars on that. You can Alrighty. go in there, come back, living it up. You know, buy a nice coffee machine like Lionel. Yeah, that's all dream. right. Let's. Uh... Harry, let's let's quickly go back to uh, to St George. Let's do a couple of uh, rough days, and then uh, on, on on the easier days, you could be uh, the sidekick of the uh, the interviews out on the streets. We need to get some uh, oh, yeah. age group stories out there, like absolutely one hundred percent. Once, 
we all know there will probably be some either 65 year old guys that did a 109 marathon off the bike qualified for Kona. They're absolutely ripping it. We want to hear the story behind it, the real training tips, the tips the pro can learn something from it. Right. So uh, that's, that's the stories we want to bring as well as, um, well, interview, uh, maybe some spectators and then, uh, our own battles. Yeah, this should be pretty good. You got, you got, uh, so you got the video guy coming with you. Yeah, so basically we're doing a video every day. So on if there's a an underwear run, we'll start off the underwear run. Uh, basically, we'll film what, what's happening throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, the video will be online so people can watch it, what happened that day at the Ironman World Championships. And a video will basically feature uh, some interviews, some pr- just one pro. Uh, maybe we'll go to the expo and show all the new gear that's coming out, like basically anything that's happening at the World Championships. But ripping the piss out of everything as well all right amazing cool i'm i'm ready for it i'm just gonna get myself ready to be doing uh uh what's what What do we think the uh the bike's gonna be that that one looper how many watts do you think we'll have to put down i reckon you'll have to uh, put down take on the front 320 watts taking it in turns yeah. 310 320 watts i reckon all right definitely 320 get myself ready I'll get myself yeah, three twenty. three twenty on the front for say 10, 15 minute turns, and then the other person just sit on the wheel. I reckon uh, you'll have a good shot, but it depends how aero you guys are. If you're I aero, reckon, you might get exactly. I reckon. I reckon we'll probably even need to put in like three thirty because we all know that the guys up front will have motorbikes and all that, and Ari and I won't have that. Or well, maybe we'll have Pepe on the motorbike pacing us along. <laughs> yeah. If you're behind, if you know you're not averaging forty k's now, just get Pepe to ride a bit closer. Just go, yeah. come on, Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on track. We've got a record. Well, he can drive. He can drive the RV. He can drive the RV. We can just get the. Uh, we can oh, just by get the, the way, draft. I don't know about a motorbike. Did I thought, do you follow that Rasmus Fenningsen uh, on uh, Strava? Uh, no, I've, like, I've checked yeah, out his Strava, but I wouldn't want to. I he wouldn't did, want to be seeing that every day. It would make me feel horrible. He did two four-hour rides on Strava yesterday. On yesterday, on the trainer, so eight hours indoor. uh, indoors. And his easier ride out the two was, I think, the first one. It was like 287 watts average, include you know, including all the rest periods. Yeah, fucking just horrible, man. Crazy, like. Yeah, over over reading power meter that's all i had to say yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or one crazy guy as well like to do eight hours indoors jeez i, I don't care i don't care it. about what power people are putting down anymore honestly the only thing that matters i think i look at my own power like lionel and i actually we use the same power meter and he's convinced that it, it his reads 20 watts high and uh and so i but i like who cares who cares what your act, what the actual power is? Um, it's all about what it is relative to what you've done before. I definitely care because when I race on Zwift and the Zwift Pro Tri Series, I get my ass kicked. And Tom's got this really generous power meter because we raced loads indoors in 2020 when it was first lockdown. And every time he was fucking rinsing me and making it in the front pack. And one time we went up the top of the mountain and I saw him and he's like ripping it up to the front and I'm just hanging on for dear life. And he caused the split, didn't you? And you just like, me with about 40 minutes to go 30 minutes to go and i'm like that fucking power meter what he's got i need to get hold of that like what was it like an elite <laughs> turbo or something you yeah that was, the elite turbo gave me 20 watts that 20 watts pair it on swift to your power meter pair it on that and stop using that turbo and he's like nah 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 it doesn't work properly if i do that so he keeps uh, using his bonus so if you race on swift you know you're screwed because he's got like a load of extra watts apparent according to him 
it's only 15 watts or something but i reckon but joe no. but joe you know you know you weren't just screwed riding indoors on swift what's that it was not just it was not just indoors you were you were screwed where where was where's that why where else was i screwed <laughs> outdoors you know lionel beat no, matthew but, vanderpool on on swift yeah, I remember seeing that. That was in the in the uh, in the in the uh, that he he was putting out some huge watts then as well, wasn't he? <laughs> For like ten minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, boys, uh, let's let's get towards the end. Eri, have you got a bullshit buster for us? Um, uh, you, you, I know you didn't prepare this one, but have you got a bullshit buster for the crowd? Uh, bullshit buster today, I, I would have to say, is uh, Joe showed up ten minutes early. <laughs> that, well, he did that, actually tell me it was quarter two. He told me it was quarter two, so I thought it was. Also, you already you are you already had it on hand. Um, yeah, I did it on purpose because I said to Ari at one, didn't I? One meaning nine your time. So I thought I'll just let Skipper come fifteen minutes early, so he's on time. Yeah, but I was actually on time for a change, so I was waiting fifteen minutes for you, and I was like <laughs> sending messages and ringing him, and he wasn't answering his bloody phone, and I'm like, because he screwed me. I was thinking he's got the bloody time wrong here, and he's like set me right up. Um, Harry, if you had to pick a bullshit buster, like, uh, and you were thinking about what you see triathletes do or anything, that's what I'm, I'm trying what, to think what, about what, it right now. Just a fad that you see, you know, you see some triathletes, they do all kinds of stuff, or you hear them say stuff. I mean, when you're at Aquabez, you must hear some of the, you must see some of the age groupers that come along and stuff like that, and they must, uh, you must see them talking, or, or even some of the pros, like some, some, I actually pros, some of the pros are like proper, uh, they're setting their ways, aren't they? You know, like. They they they're reluctant to change, aren't they, and do stuff in different different. To just do anything for a bit of coin. So we can even think if we uh, some of the ones that we've done glucose monitors. Um, the uh, that was a we got the Garmin one. recovery time. Some recovery uh, time. I know a really good bullshit buster that someone sent in to me today. Vegan is vegan a bullshit buster now? You've tried it. Can you cut? Is it is it or is it not? Oh, uh, it's. Like, are you worried that they'll start hating on you? No, I'm already. I, I already got cancelled. It's not. It wouldn't be fair to call it a bullshit buster because it would. I think it would work if you. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not like uh, you go vegan and then and everything's better. It's like you have to do actually a crazy amount of planning to make it as good as as a uh, like an animal base. Diet. Would you say it will work if you want to end up in a K hole? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, if you are trying to, uh, don't eat, don't eat steaks, don't eat, don't eat eggs. Uh, you're missing out on a lot of fats that way. Um, yeah, it is. Just eat Oreos. I mean, being vegan, it's just really hard. If you're pr- like trading a lot of hours and you're vegan, it's just really, really hard, isn't it? Making it yourself very difficult. Yeah, well, and it's hard to get to like someone. So I, I posted a YouTube video and I told everyone I'm I'm uh, I'm not doing plant based anymore. I was like, it's not working for me. I'm going I'm going back to animal product. And so many people were like, how can you how can you blame the plants? Like you got to blame your diet. Like and one guy was like, you should have. He listed like twelve foods. He's like, you should have bought this one, this one, this one, this one. Like so you can get this nutrient, this nutrient. I'm like, you really think I'm gonna go to the grocery store with a list of like how I'm gonna get each individual vitamin and like spend hours cooking? just to meet the nutritional like uh to yeah, make up the deficits that, a, that an omnivorous diet has. when you've done four hours lt1 and your 4k swim and then you've got an hour and a half run you you haven't got time have you to do that you're no. you're a busy man you've got places to go and you've got lactate to hold 
So uh, it was just never gonna. It was just never gonna work. Exactly, and you can't put up all that work for Erin. Like Erin needs to chill out a bit as well. She can't be going around with your shopping list. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to give it to Aaron. Aaron, why would we do this drag race? You can just oh. go out and nip, nip the co-op and get us some, get us a few bits and bobs, can you? Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Oh, uh, so anyway, yeah. um, Ari, thanks um, for the chat. It's, uh, it's getting like midnight. It's getting dark. Oh, in yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, it's, uh, Eleven. It's 11 p.m., so you know I need to go out for a trading session. Uh, in the dark. Anyway, I'll definitely see you. I'm not going to head to the pool and go for a swim. It's only 10 p.m. here, so I think I might just be able to get in if I quickly leave now for for a half an hour swim. Just uh, trade in the dark, mate. Well, Lionel's the Lionel's on the trainer right now. He's doing five hours on the trainer uh, with a bunch of intensity, and then uh, he'll be done in uh, about an hour, and then we'll go do a two-hour long run with intensity that I'll join him for. Sam oh, Long is God. not going to be able to live with that, and like you know, if he knew that, he would be shitting, quaking in his boots. I'm sure. I think he's just. I think he just does uh, loads of training because he hears the rumors that go around what everyone else is doing, and uh, it's uh, motivating him because he's living in fear. Hey, Ari, I'm going to see you in St. George. All right, I'm looking forward uh, to it. Make sure your bike fit, mate. Let's uh, let's get a crack at the com and uh, make some awesome content. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone, and make sure to uh, check out Ari his channel and his Instagram por- uh, page. He's a proper uh, junkyard dog. Uh, thanks for the support. <laughs> <laughs> Want to support the podcast? Make sure to sign up as a Patreon and uh, we'll see you in St. George.